Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Yesterday, we teased a Dexcom article that Sean was going to write based off of an interview he did with the CEO. And in true journalism fashion, he got it up the next day. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what it kind of went into that article? What information did you get from Kevin Sayer and things about Dexcom that the readers can anticipate to read? Sure. Well, it's very kind of you to say in true journalism fashion, because sometimes it's not always the next day, but I was fortunate enough to sit down with Kevin Sayer virtually while he's at the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference and just discuss what's going on with Dexcom uh, and their new sensor that they announced. We discussed on yesterday's show. Obviously, that's a really intriguing new technology that could benefit a lot more people. On top of that, we discussed the company's recent developments in the automated insulin delivery technology, as well as just updates on the next generation G7, how the first sort of year of commercialization has been there and other bits and pieces. So really great conversation. You can read it on Drug Delivery Business News or Mass Device as well. And uh, yeah, I suggest everyone take a look. I really enjoyed how thorough it was from talking about the progress for the G7 and Dexcom 1. But to our listeners, there will be a link to that in our show notes, which we will share at the end of the episode, as always. But before we do that, Sean, what news do we have for today? Today, we'll talk about New Cala Health data for its essential tremor treatment, a new AI-powered imaging platform launch at Hyperfine. The first procedure is performed with mixed reality technology from Stryker, a big wound care project at 3M, and some takeaways from Shockwave Medical's presentation at the J.P. Morgan conference. Let's jump into the Cala Health news first. Yeah, the company had positive essential tremor treatment data. Multiple studies supporting positive outcomes for patients using its TAPS therapy for treating essential tremor. What data points stuck out to you in this announcement? I would say the most intriguing ones came from the real-world evidence that Cala shared, which looked at usage data and effectiveness data from around 1,200 patients on the usage side and 800 patients on the effectiveness side, all using Cala's technology. And data showed effective tremor reduction at a 64% average and also showed consistent usage with no significant habituation over long-term use, up to 3.4 years. Interesting. What kind of improvements were there to tremor power? Well, one study found significant improvements to tremor power, as well as Bain and Finley activities of daily living, upper limb scores over one month of TAPS, which is short for transcutaneous afferent pattern stimulation. I have talked to the founder of this company for a women in med tech feature a few years ago, and this technology was really interesting. And she and the chair of the company were really optimistic about the future. So what kind of optimism did executives have with this positive treatment data? Yeah, they're definitely excited by it. Uh, Kate Rosenbluth, the co-president and chief scientific officer, said as much saying that with the latest publications, TAPS has now been assessed in nearly 2,000 essential tremor patients with use extending beyond three years. She said it addresses the large treatment gap between medications and surgery for essential tremor treatments struggling with daily activities such as eating, drinking, writing, self-care. What's the next news story that we have? Hyperfine launched its AI-powered brain imaging technology. It's the eighth generation of the company's Swoop software. What is this technology? 
Well, Swoop itself is the world's first FDA cleared portable ultra low field magnetic resonance or MR brain imaging system. And this latest version has a new software platform with a diffusion weighted imaging or DWI AI denoising feature. That's what really sets this newest version apart. What are some of the findings from hospitals that have been able to use this technology so far? Well, thus far, hospitals taking part in the limited release performed more than 50 exams with Swoop, and users actually commented favorably on that DWI image quality and noted shortened upload completion times and said that the fast positioning check feature saved time and helped improve image acquisition. When will the company roll out the technology? So the company began rolling it out at select sites over the past several weeks in a limited market release, having actually received FDA clearance in October, and it plans to continue the rollout of the updated Swoop software in the coming weeks. And now we have some news from Stryker. Yeah, the first arthroplasty procedures were performed with Stryker's mixed reality guidance system. VR and MR seem to be working their way into the OR very quickly, and Stryker's system is now in there as well. What are some of the design features of this mixed reality guidance system? So the Blueprint MR guidance system combines Stryker's software with the Microsoft HoloLens 2 headset allowing surgeons to track the position and orientation of surgical instrumentation in the physical environment. It actually uses 3D images and widgets to guide surgeons and their instruments, and it displays those images and widgets on the patient's body and in the surgeon's line of sight, so the images and widgets actually avoid disrupting the surgical workflow. How do these care platforms cater to some of the unique patient needs? Well, Dr. Joaquin Sanchez-Sotelo, who performed one of the first procedures at Mayo Clinic, said individualized care platforms can cater to each patient's unique anatomy with mixed reality technology offering important benefits to patients, allowing the surgeon to plan and execute the surgery based on precise images of the patient's shoulder, thereby minimizing the risk of improper placement of the implant. How has this technology been used in hospitals? Well, the company's previous blueprint technology was used by more than 50 surgeons in more than 3,500 shoulder replacement procedures globally. And Stryker actually expects the completion of the first case using the new blueprint system in Europe next month, too. And now, what about that news from 3M that we have? 3M won a $34.2 million contract to develop wound care solutions. So the company's healthcare unit, which we've discussed at length, is set to spin off soon, has some new funding to help out the military. What does this award allow 3M to do? So it enables 3M to develop a range of new solutions for infection prevention, wound management, and wound healing. The company plans to lead a program focused on treatment strategies for use in austere settings, like those related to mass casualty and delayed evacuation situations. It also plans to assess biofilm control, biomarker monitoring, and health in acute trauma situations which include blasts, burns, gunshot wounds that occur both in civilian and military settings. Interesting. How does the company plan to achieve those goals? Is it through things like collaborations or how does it exactly plan to reach that goal? Yeah, there's going to be a ton of sort of clinical evaluations, different sites set up. The company has collaborations with the University of Minnesota Medical School, the 59th Medical Wing Science and Technology Office of the Chief Scientist, Naval Medical Research Unit San Antonio, and the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. So plenty of collaboration to help with this program. $34 million is a rather large contract. 
So what kind of optimism do executives have going into this project? Well, plenty. And Raymond Chu, the SVP of R&D at 3M Healthcare, said that 3M is proud to be working with civilian and military partners to bring these solutions for wound care to fruition. What's the last bit of news that we have for today? Shockwave Medical plans for growth with two to three product launches each year. Some great insights from Shockwave's CEO, Doug Godshaw, at JP Morgan's Healthcare Conference. So I know you listened in a little bit on this presentation. What are some of the company's plans for growth in the new year and in the future? So CEO highlighted those plans for growth, which include expanding the pool of treatable patients, improving customer economics, and investing in clinical data. Most importantly, it seemed he stressed that the company wants to increase penetration and accelerate growth through new products. So that was really at the heart of his presentation was sort of talking about a few years ago, they were launching one product per year. They had a few years off. Now it's in the two range, and he's expecting in the next few years, many different product launches. They, they want to have eight different catheter options for their generator for intravascular lithotripsy. And it, yeah, they're expecting two to three product launches each year in the future. Wow. Speaking of product growth, the company acquired Neovasc last year. Did it provide any updates on the development there? Yeah, so I didn't want to tease that too much, but it is part of the whole product development, product launch scheme. The company completed its nearly $150 million acquisition of Neovask in April of last year. And with this acquisition brought in the reducer, which alters blood flow within the myocardium of the heart. But the company still has to establish more data to bring this to market. But in the presentation, set a time frame for around 2027 for approval. What kind of progress has Shockwave Medical had in terms of global expansion and reimbursement? So the company received Medicare codes and now has a CPT code that went into effect for physicians last week. Godshaw anticipates full outpatient payment next year, too, which was a funny little bit in his presentation where he said when he was thinking about taking the job as CEO, people told him, no way will that technology ever get reimbursed. So he was joking about how pleased he is to prove them wrong. He said the company is building a strong economic base, starting with clinical validation first, then reimbursement later, building its technology out to solve a problem and then worrying about reimbursement later. And then on the expansion front, the big news was a new production facility that's being finished down in Costa Rica, enabling the company to keep its R&D innovation at its Santa Clara base while delivering improved production capabilities elsewhere. Interesting. Lots of optimism from Shockwave, which I know we've talked about before that it was rumored that Boston Scientific, J&J, and Medtronic were interested in the company. So that is the final story that we had for today. As I mentioned at the top, you can read Sean's other Dexcom story online. Uh, So thank you, Sean, for coming on and giving us your insights. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch. A-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.